Opportunity is not equally distributed. To every black entrepreneur listening, I want to make sure you have the tools and resources you need to grab your next opportunity. That's why I'm telling you about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of six million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and an extended free Shopify trial. Shopify has made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says... The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Chart your own path for business success with the one million black businesses initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive 120 day free trial at Shopify.com slash one MBB, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash one MBB. Shopify.com slash 1MBB. Like, I don't care about money because money going to chase you. It's about how can you empower the next level? Like, that's the part that really, like, really, like the bank deposit. Yeah, that's the that's the deposit in the bank. Like, how can I get in the room with the, the big dogs to understand what the next level looks like? We are what we see. And if I can't see it, I can't be it. My name is Detavio Samuels, and welcome to The Black Print, where I sit with the innovators, disruptors, and change makers. My guests open up about every step of their journey and share lessons learned along the way to provide creators, entrepreneurs, and executives with a tangible blueprint for navigating to the top of their industry. This is The Black Print. Welcome to the Black Print, here where we like to use my favorite quote, everybody sees you on the mountaintop, not everybody sees you on the climb. Today I am happy and thrilled to be here with family, with friends, Pinky and Derek, and before I mess up their intro, you know I don't like to do my own intros on this show, I'm gonna let each one of y'all start. So at the top of the mountain that you're on now, who are you, who is Pinky? Who's Pinky Cole? Pinky Cole is resilient, she is unstoppable, she is a force to be reckoned with, um, she is the new, uh, uh, grizzly bear. She is the woman who is literally going into every single room and busting it down and building her own table and sitting at the table and disrupting every single glass ceiling. Pinky Cole is a monster for all the right reasons. And she's just here. What's up? I'm I, here. I love it. <laughs> Tell them some of the assets Pinky Cole, the monster is touching right now. Everything, people, community, ecosystems, um, restaurants, TV shows, Pinky Cole is touching everything. <laughs> everything that Pinky Cole touches turns to gold I love because it. I'm clear. My mindset is um, authentic and intentional and I'm mission driven. And as a result of that, every single thing that Pinky Cole touch becomes successful. And that's called good karma. And um, we do it every day. I love it. Come through, Queen. Derek. See, I, I got to come back. I was gonna say, Hard act to follow, but tell them who you are. Nah, man. I'm CEO and founder of Big Dave Cheesesteaks. But before all of that, I'm a father. I'm a motivator. I'm an encourager. I'm a philanthropist. I'm the hood politician. I'm a lot of things that I put my hands on on multiple businesses that's now turned into multi-million dollar businesses. And a soon to be husband. And a soon to be married man. But then on top of that, next month I'm getting my doctor's degree. And that's major because I didn't even go to school. So oh, I'm showing the youth, I'm showing you know everybody in the hoods that out there paying attention that they could do it too. 
Um, you don't got to be a rapper or a basketball player. You can use your mind and get everything you want out of life. So that's what I represent. That's what I'm going to continue pushing forward in my career. I love it. I love all of it. All right. So we started at the top of the mountain. Now we're going to go all the way back to the bottom. So I'm going to start Queens first. Tell me about like, just tell me about your upbringing. What was life for you like growing up? Life was really like a box of chocolate. No. <laughs> um, life was real interesting, man. Um, the day that I was born, my father was being sentenced to prison. Um, so I came into this world, right, not knowing what the world was going to be. And I was getting my freedom and my father was losing his. So I can remember growing up in a single parent household. My mother is Jamaican. Mm -hmm. So if you know anything about Caribbean women. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, so you understand. Yeah. Um, so my mother was always very hard, but loving, but also very responsible and prideful. So she would wake up and she would go to work every single day. Now, my mother wasn't the woman that was always in the house watching TV. I don't even think that I've ever seen my mother in the daytime watch TV because she was just always a go-getter. She was working for a company, plus she was an entrepreneur and a lead singer of a reggae band. So I saw that level of hustle. I saw her commit to somebody every single day of the week. Plus I saw her still follow her dreams and it made me want to be that. It made me want to be a person that can commit to something and follow my dreams at the same time. All the while, my father was in Jessup, Maryland in Hagerstown in prison and I would go to see my dad almost every holiday. So I grew up becoming a hustler. Like I wanted to win by any means necessary. Like I wasn't an athlete, but I loved the art of the game. And what the game was is being better than everybody else thinks that you'll be. Um, so I started throwing parties in Baltimore City. And I can remember I was 14, between like 14 and 16 years old. I used to throw these parties. And when I tell you, I had so many people come and standing in line. I used to count money on the floor with my mother. I used to sell bottle of waters and be having like a thousand dollars in my pocket. So I literally learned how to connect people at an early age. And then like, I got addicted to it. It's almost like getting tattoos. Like, you know, when somebody get tattoos, you're like, I want more of this. I wanted more of that. So I started selling candy and McChickens in high school. And I literally became hustle man. Like if it was something that I could sell, I'm gonna sell it. And I realized I was really good with this. So this carried me on to college where I went to Clark Atlanta University and I just immersed myself into the institution. And you know CAU, right? So like that is a place where you could be anything that you wanna be. Sure. So I became the sorority girl. I became the pageant girl, right? A couple of pounds ago, I was in the Miss America system. <laughs> but, but I was the person that I just wanted to put my hands on every single thing and watch it be great. And all of those things became great. And then I became Miss Clark Atlanta University. Um, and that really was kind of like my first step to like realizing who I was becoming as a woman. So when I graduated from school, I did not have no job, mm. right? Like, can you imagine I'm the most popular girl on campus and I can't find no job? And um, I moved to Texas and it was me and my dog, Rudy. Um, and I didn't have no money, but after I graduated, that was the only place that would hire me. Um, and I didn't want to be a teacher. You know, I didn't want to be a teacher, but um, I did that and I was there for five days. And I realized that this is not my calling. My calling was to teach outside of the classroom. Long story short, moved back to Atlanta. I packed up my bags and moved to LA and the rest is history. Okay, so we're gonna pick back up on Atlanta, but, um, and I'm gonna come to you, Derek, but, but first, so there's a couple of things in there. Um, you were bitten by this entrepreneurial bug very young and very early, and it sounds like you did a lot of work to perfect that craft. Mm -hmm. I also heard you say something about like, I also learned that I had a gift mm -hmm. of gab. Did you do anything intentionally to perfect your ability to communicate, to sell? I mean, again, I know that's part of the hustle, what you were doing every day, but did you, it was just natural, just a Let natural gift. about the gift. Okay, tell me about okay. the gift. Everybody in life has a gift. Facts. It's about how you unlock that gift. Facts. And I've been able to naturally unlock that gift at an early age. So when you got the gift, you ain't got to really practice for the gift, right? Because when you stay ready, you ain't never got to get ready. So that gift was innately in me, right? Just watching how people adore my mother and how she wasn't a shy woman. And she was very beautiful and confident and natural. Didn't have to wear a drop of makeup. I ain't never see my mother wear makeup. Mm -hmm. I ain't never see her wear earrings, right? 
So that literally genuinely helped to foster the gift of confidence, of being genuinely, my mother would take the clothes off her back to help everybody. Guess what? It was helping to absorb the gift. So when we talk about the gift, like I didn't have to go to a school to learn how to be a salesman, right? But I like to call myself an intentional salesman because what I've been able to do is I connect people. I'm a dot connector through the gift that I have of conversation, of communication, of community, and bringing people together. And I've been like that for a long time. And as a result of that, it's showing up now Mm -hmm. in Slutty Vegan and all the other businesses that I have. Mm -hmm. One more question, which is, um, so you go become a, a public school teacher and you say that after five days you realize this ain't you. Now, what most people do in that situation is they stay in that job. Like, and they don't even stay in that job like a year. It might be five years, it might be 10 years. Like people stay in that job. What is it that caused you to say five days is enough, no more, time for me to pivot? I, th- I felt like I was disappointing God. Yeah. Like God gave all these blessings over the years, gave me a wholesome, healthy family for the most part, right? Put me in position to win every single year of my life. And this is how you're going to say, thank you, God. Like you're going to sit in something that ain't spiritually serving you. Like I'm not religious. I want to be clear, but I'm very spiritual. Right. And I have something called an empathetic energy. So when I'm in a space where I know I don't belong, I got to get out of there. I got to exit stage left. And I knew when I was in that space, I would be doing a disservice to the people who needed what I couldn't give them. And as a result of that, I knew that I had to walk. And that might have went over a lot of people's head, but like we need to apply that to relationships, to professional relationships, to how we show it with the people that are around us. If that thing is not serving you or them, somebody got to go. And I was that somebody. And I'm so glad that I walked away. That was the best decision I ever made in my life. And what it showed me is that I will never do anything that doesn't speak to my spirit. I will never do anything that don't make my belly leap. Like if I ain't excited about it genuinely, I'm not doing it. Period. Point blank. Take your business further with the American Express Business Gold Card. Now smarter and more flexible. It's packed with enhanced benefits that are built for your business. All with the powerful backing of Amex. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I love it. I love the I love the locking in on gifts. It's something we talk a lot about on this show. And then also just this idea that so often people are trying to put a square peg in a round hole. And you're like, no, 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 that ain't me. Square pegs going square holes every single time or I'm out. Yeah. All right, Derek. So we're going to go back to you. So, so same question. Rewind me all the way back to the beginning. Talk to me about your childhood growing up. What was life um, like for you? Man, my childhood was amazing because... You know, it was a little different from Pinkies. I had both of my parents in the household all of, you know, most of my life, but I had a real father, you know what I'm saying? I had a father that was, you know, taking me places, getting me out the streets, making sure I don't stay in trouble. But it's only but so long he was able to do that because the things I was seeing, I was seeing like, you know, the guys that was out there running the streets, they had the cars, they had the, the girls, they had, you know, all of those things. But what really fostered me in Philly was to be a go-getter. So like I was 11 years old selling bean pies and, and Philadelphia newspapers, you know, just hustling because I always wanted my own money. Like the one thing about me is like, even with my city, we very prideful. Like I didn't want nobody to, you know, be there for me or I didn't want no, you know, ask nobody for no money order. Like imagine asking another man for some money to feed yourself. And all those things I'm saying happened to me. So when I got to like eighth grade, I started, you know, you know, getting in a little trouble, but I was playing basketball. That was my life. Like everything with basketball was me. Ninth grade, my neighborhood and other neighborhoods, they was going through it. So we had to go to school. It's like like the Warriors movie. You gotta walk through these neighborhoods and and chance that you don't get in no type of trouble or anything to happen to you. So I think my parents was more so worried about everything that was going on back then. And then they wind up splitting. And then I wind up getting sent to Athens, Georgia, which is where my grandparents resided. My grandfather uh, was a seaman mason. When he retired, they wind up living there and I got sent there. So I used to go there in the summer times. Well then, while I'm there, I'm now in a whole different environment that I don't know anything about. I mean, I'm around different races. Everything that I was brought up in was my own people. My first day of school, I remember almost getting into a fight because I didn't understand the culture of that school, which is Clark Central. Um, Along that journey, my grandfather, he was the deacon at a church, so he knew the basketball coach, so he lured me in that way to play basketball. I got my life, like, literally straightened out. Now I see vision, I see purpose, I see passion. 
and I'm going at it the most I can, like everything I want in life is right in front of me. And then I get hit in 2005, my senior year, with my aunt coming up with cancer and wind up dying. So the person that actually helped me keep my grades together, keep me focused in school, everything that I wanted out of life is now gone. How did that feel? What's that feel? Man, it was like I got, like, honestly, something stripped away from me because my whole life, I felt like I was the underdog. You know how, like, you're around situations and you know, like, you better than them. Like, you know it's so much more life out here. You know everything in front of you that you can do if you just had the opportunity. And this was my opportunity, and I felt like it got taken from me. So now I go back to Philly 12th grade year. I got more than enough credits to graduate, so now I'm going to school half a day and I'm on work release, but I ain't really got no job. I'm running the streets, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing me to make money. And I wound up getting in trouble along the way, you know, it cost me, but it woke me up. All right, so your aunt passes away. What does that mean for you? What does that do to you at that time? Well, I felt like life was taken from me because of an opportunity, because everything that I, you know, wanted my whole life from being around, you know, the right neighborhoods, the right schools, having an opportunity to be what I wanted to be, because I always knew what I was hanging around was just the community and the environment. And you know, a lot of us don't understand, like these communities, everybody ain't bad, but you gotta stand on your 10 toes to survive in these inner cities. And now I'm out of the inner city, I'm seeing where I could let my guard down and really be me and really give it my all, and that got taken from me. So then I gotta go back to Philly now. It's 2005, my 12th grade year. Um, I had more than enough credits to graduate, so I was going to school a half a day. But I really ain't had no job. It was a work release program. So, you know, I'm in the streets. I'm, I'm doing what I had to do to, to sustain, you know, money for me. And then along the way, I had jobs. Like I worked at the postal service. I worked at the hospitals. But it was something about that lifestyle being around the community that I was in that always made me want to feel like I'm my own boss. Like I didn't want to work for nobody. Just like I told you before, like I was selling bean pies and stuff in newspapers at a young age. And I was... Man, when Philly gets snow on the ground, I would go to the to the rich neighborhoods and go shovel snow with my cousins because I always wanted to provide my own money. I never like asking nobody for something. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you you gotta depend on somebody to like really take care of your need. And this was my need. So I was just, you know, doing things in the streets and then um 09 was my wake up year. Eight, oh eight, oh nine, because I tell people like when I got locked up um, in the streets of selling narcotics, and then 09, my dad get diagnosed with cancer after his sister just died in 05. So now, 09, I'm watching my dad possibly about to go away from here. Um, it was like a nightmare, you know what I'm saying? It was like something that I couldn't fathom because I lost the person that was beside me that I got tattooed over my heart, and now my father, who is my best friend, it's like he get stage three and a half. It's only four stages. There's only a half a stage left before he no longer with me. So while I'm working at the postal service, I put four years in. That's one thing I did. If I, I always kept a job, even when I was in the streets. You know what I'm saying? I was one of them type hustlers. Like I always like kept it clean and tried to be low key and, and like the nice things. But um, I went to my boss. It was around the holiday, and I was like, hey, you know, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. He's sick. I want to go to Atlanta because. And let me tell you, to re just to rewind, the reason why he went to Atlanta is because Fox Chase um, Cancer System, I think they were backed up at the time. And the next best thing for us was to come to Atlanta to go to Emory University and try that cancer system. Mm -hmm. So my dad, you know, he drove down. And um, when I went to my boss and I asked him, could I get off? He told me that it was the holiday and he needed me to work. Mm -hmm. Well, in my mind, I'm like, I only got one father. Yeah, I can thanks. get another job. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I jumped in my Buick Luzerne, that 12 hours, 12 and a half hours, I'm fighting sleep, I'm riding on the little joints to go, you know, the little joints on the side, keeping me woke. And all I remember is when I pulled in that driveway and seeing my dad and seeing how small he got, he was a bigger man and I, and I knew I was right on time because I knew he needed me there for him. Like, how can I not be for, there for him when he gave me all the principles and morals of my life for what I knew at that time? Um, and along the way, six months later, he eventually, you know, passed away. But before he died, he gave me words of encouragement. Like I, I was beside his bedside in the hospital and I, um, and I promised him I was going to get out the streets. I was going to break all my generational curses. And he told me to stand on my 10 toes like he raised me. And I carried that shit every single day 
from that day forward in 09 when I got back home from Atlanta because he had two funerals. A couple months later, I get in an accident where now I'm disabled in the same year for five years. I go through all these back surgeries. I'm like, God, like, what is going on? Like, what am I doing? Like, I, all I want to do is right. All I see is the purpose of how I want to be as a person and change the world. Like, I've been thinking these ways. But then all he was gearing me up was for what I'm going right now. He was giving me the strength. I tell people all the time, you can hurt every single day. One day you're going to learn how to heal yourself. And that's what I learned how to do. So now when I'm now 2014, fast forward, I'm moving back to Georgia because I feel like this is where I belonged. I never felt like this in Philly. In Philly, it was always like, you know, I got to always be, you know, mindful of certain things I do. It was almost like looking over my shoulder. And I love my city because it gave me every principle and moral I have in me right now today. But Atlanta had that different feeling to it that I really can be me and be somebody and really change the environments I wanted to change. And when I came here, that was my mission. And then I wound up blowing all this money that I came with because it was a whole nother side of Atlanta. I ain't know all the partying. There's <laughs> <laughs> all the partying and, I'm, and I love cars. So I got like maybe five, six hundred thousand dollars in cars. So now, my broker called me one day, and you know, we, he, I go in the office and we sit down and he's like, you going broke. And um, if you don't do something, you're going to be flat broke and you're going to lose everything. And I took those words and it was like a knife stabbed me. Like, damn, this was my opportunity. I'm letting my dad down, I'm letting myself down, I'm letting my family down, I'm letting the communities down, the people that look like me down, all these things that's running through my head. And then next thing you know, I say, I'm going to open up a business and I'm going to honor it to my father. So I started going all around Atlanta. I'm trying to find out who about to do that one yet. Cause all right, I, I so I'm going to go deep into right. it. I got to get you to Atlanta. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so wherever we are in the story, you did teaching and then you went from teaching where? So I was teaching and then I packed up my bags and I moved to LA. And you moved to LA. You to be an LA. actress. Don't ask me how we got yeah, there. That's, that's <laughs> what, that was the next question. Why an actress? You said teaching ain't it. This ain't for me. This ain't for my gift. But but acting might be. You know, I just always wanted to be a star. Mm -hmm. Since I was a kid, I saw my mother on stage in front of big audiences, hundreds of people. I just wanted to be like my mom. Okay. And I realize that more now that I'm a mother. You know, we got two kids under two, mm -hmm. right? Um, and now that we got kids, I'm like, damn, like I'm really turning into my mom. And my mom was a local celebrity in the DMV area. So like, I just always had that in me. We always had a popular family. We always had the biggest cookouts, the parties and all that stuff. That was just who we were. So when I moved to LA I'm like okay I'm dramatic like I know theater like I'm gonna be a star right and had nothing planned no lineup nothing and I moved to LA with a duffel bag a suitcase and a bible okay. don't even ask me why I had the bible part right <laughs> I just had it just it was a, a symbolic good luck um so 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 I had that and I packed up my bags and I moved to LA and I can remember I threw myself a going away party and everything take your business further with the American Express business gold card now smarter and more flexible. It's packed with enhanced benefits that are built for your business, all with the powerful backing of Amex. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Right? My family was like, yo, you crazy. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to do it. Like right? Yeah, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. And my mother gave me 30 resumes. It wasn't shit on the resumes. It was a couple things, right? But she gave me 30 resumes. And in six days, I got two jobs. Six days. One was at DSW, and the other one was working at the census. And when I was out there, when I first got there, I found a place to live off of. Um, so this must be 2010-ish then. This was 2009. 2010, yep. Yeah, so when I first got there, I found a place off of Craigslist. You remember Craigslist, of right? Course. And I was sleeping on an air mattress on somebody's floor, and I wasn't there for no more than 24 hours. I'm like, yeah, this ain't it. And I didn't have my card in. So I found somewhere else on Craigslist, and it was a house that had like seven people living in it. Mm -hmm. So I became the eighth person. Long story short, it was like three, sometimes four of us in one bedroom in the house paying $300 a piece. And when I tell you I ain't never hustled that hard in my life, Everybody was going out to get it. Mm -hmm. Some of us was going to do background work. Some people was going to do voiceover work. Some people was taking classes. I even enrolled in school just so that I could get a refund check to pay for the stuff, so pay for pictures so that I could go to background stuff. So literally the hustle was there in me. And I'm like, 
I got to make it. Like I knew that I was going to do something great. I just ain't know what it was going to be. Um, And then I got a call from my sorority sister. She like, you broke, you need a job. And she gave me a job um, working as a production assistant in TV. Okay. And then that's how my TV career started. Let's do it. So talk talk to me about the TV career. So I'm working in TV. Still in LA. I'm still in LA. And TV was really good for me. Like, it was like I fumbled on the TV um, and I got promoted really quickly. And I mean, you know, right, you're the CEO of a major company. You know, you got to be really good to get promoted in TV. Like, it's like it's a very cutthroat environment. Yep. Right. For Million the right reasons. people want sometimes. that job, too. Yeah. So I got promoted really, really fast and so fast that people in the industry started talking about me. So I get a call from an executive producer in New York saying, hey, we heard a lot of good things about you. Do you want to come to New York and work on this TV show? And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, y'all going to pay for me to come out there? I'll do it. So I went to uh, New York City. I was working on this show for almost two years. And not that this counts, but I'm going to tell y'all this anyway. And I don't even tell people this. When I was working in New York, I put myself on a $5 a day budget. Yeah, you, you, you weren't eating. $5 a day. No, I was nowhere. actually eating. Let me tell you. So, you know, on TV shows, you work after, I don't know if they do that now, but you work after a certain time at the eight o'clock, they provide you a meal, right? So I was staying till eight thirty nine o'clock so that I could get my meal and everybody else's meal who didn't want to stay. So I always had food to eat. $5, one way going from the train to work, one way from, the, um, from work back home. And I literally was stacking up my money. What I was doing early as I was preparing my mind for the discipline that was going to need to come when I created my business. All of these things I've been getting ready for, Mm -hmm. I just didn't even realize I was getting ready for it, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm in New York working on a show. I get a call from the Maury Show talking about they want to interview me. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll interview for the Maury Show. And at that time, that was... What? At that time, that was like the shows of all shows. Like, if you got the opportunity to work on Maury, you done made it. So I'm 26 years old at the time. I get the job working um, as a, a, a senior associate producer at Maury, right? And then I get promoted eventually to producer. But while I was on that show, that's where I got like the the, the cheekiness, the cleverness. Like, you know, everybody's watched Maury, right? So, you, uh, not, yes, it's paternity. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm looking at the bigger picture that I learned there. One, I got to meet a lot of people from different socioeconomic backgrounds. So I learned how to meet people where they were. You know what I'm saying? So I could talk to somebody that got a lot of money and I could talk to somebody who was broke. Mm. And it really taught me that early on. So I literally transferred the skill set. So then I'm working at Maury. I get an opportunity to open up my own restaurant called Pinky's Jamaican and American Restaurant in Harlem. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. I opened up this restaurant and I had a line down. You get the opportunity. So somebody called me and said, there's this restaurant. She's trying to sublease it. Right. That's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for me to like enter myself into a space where I can really do what I need to do intentionally. And what made you say, I know I'm in film and production doing this amazing stuff, but I'm about to go over here and also explore being a restaurateur. Because I'm not a one trick pony. Even today, like I I like to have my hands in a lot of pots. Like that is what fulfills me. I'm not like the one. This is why I can't never work a corporate job. That's just not who I am. Right. I need to be able to be challenged every single day. And I saw this as a challenge. I ain't never had no restaurant. I've never went to culinary school. I'm a foodie. I like to eat. And it just felt like it made sense, even though it might not have made sense at that time. But I did it and it actually worked. And that's how I know that I was in alignment. Okay, because it worked for that time. And I had that restaurant for two years. And then I opened up a juice bar down the street called Pinky's Juice Bar. So I got Harlem on lock. At least I thought I had Harlem on lock. Right. Um, And then I get a phone call that my restaurant was on fire. Right. So I'm like my restaurant on fire. And I'm the person like I'm in there breakfast, noon, dinner, everything. I'm everything. I'm the accountant. I'm cleaning. I'm doing I'm doing everything in my business. So this is all I got. There ain't no plan B. I didn't have a plan. So when my restaurant caught on fire, we later realized it was a grease fire. I later realized I didn't have fire insurance. And then I later realized that, oh, you had to pay for all of this stuff or you had to walk away. So I had a hard decision to make. I walked away. But in the moment of defeat, because it felt like defeat at that moment, when I look back full picture, I realized that that was the best thing that could have happened to me. Why? 
because had I stayed in that restaurant, I wouldn't have been able to grow. You know, there's something like you can be in the business and growing the business on the outside will suffer, or you can grow the business on the outside and grow the business and delegate the right people in place. I learned how to be an entrepreneur from that circumstance. I learned how to do things differently from that circumstance. If it wasn't for me losing that restaurant to a grease fire, I would have never thought that fire insurance was important. But it took for that to happen to me for me to realize, okay, I'm going to give you a teaser of what this is like, but then I'm going to take this away and then you're going to go off and do other things, but then I'm going to introduce it right back to you. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. After that restaurant caught on fire, I went back to LA to work on a TV show for the OWN Network. And while I'm, while I'm on the show, you know this, right? Um, I get a call like, hey, Pinky, we want you in Atlanta on the ground talking to the people because the guests love you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, cool. It was only supposed to be a three-month gig. I packed up all my bags and I put it in storage. Do you know that stuff is still, still in storage <laughs> since 2018? Like Do you oh, no, hear what I'm so saying? Three, four, five years, yeah. Almost five years I've been paying $315 a month, <laughs> and it's the best $315 I've ever spent because I don't want to take that stuff out because guess what that does? It tells me a place in time where I was, and one day I'm going to be able to use that for something really special. The moral to the story is... While I wasn't preparing, I was really preparing yeah, the whole goddamn time yeah, because now when I look up, I realize I see why I was running five miles a day and reading a book a day. I see why my restaurant wasn't supposed to work. I see why they asked me to come to Atlanta. All of these things were lining up for me to be able to conceptualize what the world now knows as slutty vegan. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's um, very much a similar story. I always say like I feel like I spent my 20s, like I always knew or wanted or had this desire in my heart to be the CEO of like a fast growing company. And I don't think God gives you ideas for no reason, right? Mm-hmm. They're there for a reason. And so I spent my 20s like banging my head against the wall, couldn't get it to pop. I spent mm-hmm. my 30s banging my head against the wall, trying, couldn't get it to pop. And by most people's standards, like I had a very successful mm-hmm. career, but I was aware of like the vision and the idea that was inside of me, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's not until I become CEO of Revolt at 41, and then I look back and go, oh my God, everything I needed Mm -hmm. to be able to be good in this role and in this job is what I was doing in my 20s and 30s. I wasn't giving the credit then, but now I give it all the credit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, all the credit. Okay, so now we we both in Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm. Both of y'all in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. we 2018. All right, so tell me your story, because I know your story, you and I got to spend some time together. super impressive the moves you made in order to get big days going so, so so let's talk about that story yeah so like i said after i find out that atlanta is this party just city is something going on every night <laughs> i'm out every night because again i was disabled for five years over five years and i went through a lot of like you know depression and mm-hmm. felt like you know life just wasn't you know it was just like running by me every day and i just wasn't enjoying it because i went from being hooked on all these narcotics that they're giving me for pain, then being hooked on depression. A lot of people don't understand that when you really don't see no purpose of a life anymore because everything getting stripped from you. I got my my aunt stripped from me, and now I got my dad stripped from me, and now I'm in the city with nobody. So now I'm starting fresh. So now the one thing I didn't want to do was be a failure. So... In my head, I'm like, I got to do something. So I'm going, I'm talking about, I'm going business to business to business. Everything on LoopNet that say it's for lease. I'm trying to get it. And I didn't have no business experience, so nobody trying to rent me a space. Literally, I gave one lady on um, some parts, like Midtown Atlanta, I give her every asset I got, even my car titles. Mm. She like, we right get to the to sign of the lease, and she says, we decide that we're going to move forward with someone else. Mm. So now... I'm just getting so defeated, but I'm still fighting through it because I'm tricking my mind to keep on going. That's what I was going to say. How do you keep fighting, right? Yeah, I'm tricked because at the end of the day, I never wanted to fail my dad promise that I made to him, and I had the opportunity. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. So now I find a space um, 
It's in Dunwoody, Georgia. It's on LoopNet. It's a Shell gas station. A realtor showed it to me. And it's an Indian guy. And before I could let him judge me or even whatever he had in his mind, I said, listen, I'm going to give you six months free rent right up front. You ain't got to worry about nothing. I ain't know nothing about TI and none of that. I don't, I don't know nothing about any of that stuff. And I start this location. I get in there. I call it the Dave Phillips Water Ice. I get in there. All I got is Water Ice. Nobody in Georgia know what the hell Water Ice is. So now the money that I had to build this, I'm broke now. I don't got nothing. I got a newborn baby. Um, I'm going back and forth to Athens because now in the same motion of me building this brand, my grandfather get diagnosed with cancer and, um, and COPD. So he's in home at hospital. So now all of the men that raised me now are almost gone. So I'm going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. My bills starting to pile up on me. Everything's starting to crumble on me. And before my grandfather died, he told me, listen, add some cheese steaks in there and put a little oil and water in it. The way he gave me the methods to make the sandwich, it's like, it's so crazy that everybody that was about to leave me gave me a piece of advice. So I carry that every single day. So now I learn how to deal with it. So now it's like I'm carrying with them. And the advice he gave me, now I'm ranked top 10 in the world in sandwiches. Now I took a gas station location, a, a black kid from the ghetto with no experience in business, no education, no nothing, and turned into a multi-million dollar business because I never quit. I never gave up. And these are the things that I was able to do because of Philia, because of everything I've been through, because of losing my, because of losing my father, all the pain I endured. When I learned how to heal myself, though, I started to heal other people through the way I talk, my language, that way they can understand it. Because let me tell you something, when you spend game to somebody and they don't understand you, no matter what you're saying out your mouth, it don't mean nothing. Mm -hmm. But they understand everything I'm saying because I come from the culture, I come from everything they used to. I am who they are. They see me as them. So when I'm giving them the game, they get it. And now my life right now feel like I'm living in my true purpose. And then I don't know if you want to get to the other side of it yet, but... Andrew, but I got two more questions for you before we hit this side, which is, okay, so the cheesesteaks, Dave's cheesesteaks, cheesesteaks come from your grandfather. Why did you call it Dave's, Big Dave's? Well, the thing is, the cheesesteaks, I was already in the motion of wanting to do the cheesesteak thing, but I wanted to name it after my father because my father was my everything. Like, he was that person that if I did some bull crap, I knew that you know, I could lean towards him or give me some advice. Um, he wasn't just like a father, he was a friend. My grandfather, on the other hand, I didn't realize what he was teaching me until he was gone. Mm. He was so tough on me, you know, everything like from him going to church and I got finished the Sunday dinners or I don't care if it's Saturday, you ain't sleeping in my house past 7.30 in the morning cause I'm up. Like I had that type of upbringing, like I got, I ain't have no chance to be lazy around him. So, and when I was younger, I ain't understand it because I'm like, damn, like, why are you so hard on me? Why you pick me to treat me like this? And then realize he was gearing me up to be a soldier to lead the fort. He was gearing me up to be a leader. He was gearing me up for this world that I knew nothing about, that I thought I knew everything of. And now I see everything that happens in front of me and I know how to deal with certain situations because he taught me how to be a leader. So now that I named the Big Daves, that's his son. So it represents him. It represents everything. And my last name is Hayes, and he started the union. So I'm always representing then, him. I don't know if you know this. Our son was born on the anniversary of his father's death day. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's and that's another thing. Like, so I don't I don't I don't really like to talk about this, but I, I think I said this in another interview before. But um, when my son was born, I didn't like really know how to like adapt to him or hold them that much because it was like freaking me out because I'm like, I watched my dad shut his eyes on his day, day. and now I'm watching my son open his eyes on his day and it was the worst day of my life and it was the best day of my life. And now I can look at my son and there's nothing, when I tell you it's nothing in this universe stopping me from winning, like it's nobody can dismotivate me, it's nobody that can get around me and drain my energy, it's nobody that I want to be around that don't bring me up to another level, and if I can't get advice or you can stare me the right way, I don't even let you around me because I know how important it is right now where I'm at in my career, where I'm at in my life, where I'm at in my journey, where I'm at in my path, where I'm going. Like, I don't care about money because money gonna chase you. It's about how can you empower the next level? 
like that's the part that really like really like the it bank deposit. Yeah, 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 that's the that's the deposit in the bank. Like, mm-hmm. how can I get in the room with the, the big dogs to understand what the next level looks like? We are what we see. And if I can't see it, I can't be it. But when I'm looking at it, that's like one day, man, I tell you a quick story. I walked around uh, Rick Ross house one day and I'm saying to myself, this is a guy that was a rapper that turned entrepreneur and many, many things, but he's a black man. And I seen it with my own two eyes and it motivated me to want more. I've been around the different, you know, people that came from zero to hero and I seen it with my own two eyes. I knew it could be done. I knew it was in me. And now people looking at me as the same figure. So it feels good. Mm. Um, so many beautiful things in there, but the only thing I want to rewind back a little bit is you talked about I had to heal myself and now I can heal others. Yeah. What was the key to being able to learn or figure out how to heal yourself? I started getting out my own way because sometimes, you know, a lot of people don't like to say this, but a lot of things that you had pain is because you're allowing it. You're allowing a knife to keep poking at you. You're allowing yourself to feel like a failure. You're allowing yourself not to educate yourself more. You're allowing yourself to be around environments that's going to bring you backwards instead of forwards. And once I started getting that myself together and preparing for my journey, I started to learn how to heal myself. I, I got a lot of traumatic situations that happened in my lifetime growing up. I didn't see, you know, people, you know, that stuff that had happened to them and, you know, growing up around these environments. And like now I got like permanent PTSD, but I learned how to control it. I learned that there's another side of the world out here that we was just in this box and it's all we see. But it's people out here riding on jets. They riding on boats. They traveling the world with their families. They're giving their kids opportunities. They got their kids in extracurricular activities that they can educate themselves for later on in life that they don't have to depend on. Like they're giving them the torch. So I want to be able to give my kids the torch. I want to be able to provide them with a resource. It ain't just about money. You know what I see when we out? Mm. I see a lot of black men mm. come up to him and like dab him up. Like, I appreciate you. I keep going because of you. Like, keep doing yeah, what you're doing. And you don't usually see that because he 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 don't look like he got tattoos. Yeah, he like, did. you know what I'm saying? But he's a business owner who owns a multi-million dollar company and people literally see themselves in him. Yeah. So it yeah. makes them proud to see that. And like, just that energy. When we, and we, it keep me coming, going. Yeah, it keep, it it keep, keep me, me going. going. Like, it make me proud. <laughs> as a, for real, as a black yeah. woman to see that. Right. Because now you see a positive example and not that they don't exist, because I think that this is the era of educated black men. Like you got Earn Your Leisure, yeah, you got Nancy sure. Keys, you got Derek Hayes. Like yeah. this is the era of black men moving and shaking. So to see that, just to see that from the outside looking in feels good. Yeah. 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 Two things you talked about. And then I'm coming back to you, Pinky, so that we can get in a slutty vegan. Um, this idea of like learning to control your controllables. Like there's so much in the world that we don't control. That's out of, you know, there's stuff you can't control at all. There's stuff you can influence, but then there are things that are like 100% within our power. And the world would try to make us feel like our power is small. They would try to make us feel like we could shrink. And it just feels like you learn to walk in your power and control your controllables. And that's what allowed you to kind of find your way out of that system. So swinging back over to you. So you move back to Atlanta. You about to get back into the food game. How do you decide what you're going to do and what you're going to build? Okay, so I'm in the house, and um, Slutty Vegan hit me out of nowhere. Okay. Like, this is this was not one of those things that, like, I was writing about it for months. Like, it was just, like, it hit me, like, light bulb. And I called my best friends, and I'm like, what y'all think about this idea? They was like, picky, we freaking love it. Do it. <laughs> right? So I'm fired up now, which is why you need really good yeah, friends around you yeah. to keep you fired up, because they gave me the motivation to keep going yeah. with the idea. So I started researching. Remember, I'm just... You know, I, and I think you know, but I didn't grow up eating burgers and fries, right? Yeah. That wasn't a thing. We had home-cooked meals every day. It was a treat to go out and eat that. So I really didn't know, like, the all-American burger game. I didn't even know how to build a sandwich. Mm. But I'm on YouTube and Google trying to figure it out. And I, I was playing with some ideas within the concept. I started coming up with the names because I knew that if I called this thing Pinky's Vegan, wasn't nobody coming. And how I knew that is because at the time, I had already been vegan for a while. So I was tired of eating a side salad and french fries. Like, I wanted something more. And granted, there are amazing restaurants in Atlanta, but they closed early, right? So after they closed, I still want to eat on a late night because I'm a foodie. And um, I knew that there was something missing in the market. And I didn't realize that that void that was going to be filled was going to be slutty vegan. It went from me getting a shared kitchen 
to the first week having a couple people show up to the next couple of weeks. I got everybody DMing me their order, wanting the food to the next couple of weeks. I got a hundred, 200 people standing outside the facility. And I'm like, Oh, mind you, I'm still working as a casting director at this time. I got a whole team of seven. And I'm still like doing the slutty vegan thing and it started to get overwhelming. Right. But that was that uncomfortableness that needed to happen so that I can go all in and being uncomfortable was getting fired because I eventually got fired from that job because you can't serve two masters. Right. I, I, I was trying to divide my energy, but I knew what my energy needed to be. But I really feel like that was divine because if that didn't happen, then I wouldn't have went all in at that moment. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits like four times points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. And up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. So the day that I got fired, I went to Jeju in Atlanta with my employees. We were tired. We worked like a 16-hour day. We go to Jeju. We just got out of the shower. We eating a ramen noodles at Jeju, right? And I get a call from Jermaine Dupree. And he like, hey, Pinky, what's up? Um, Snoop Dogg is at my studio, and I want you to bring the truck. We had just finished from working all day. <laughs> so I had a decision to make. Relax, what? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, we're going to say no and miss the opportunity of a lifetime to serve a goat in the industry that could really, his brand could help to endorse our brand in a whole nother way. Or we're just going to eat this ramen and just call it a day. And I said, we're not about to sit here and eat this ramen, y'all. We're about to go. And it was like, Pinky, we so tired. And I'm like, listen, like, this is the moment. We're going to miss the moment or we're going to capitalize off the moment. So do you know we put our clothes on? We went 40 minutes and went and got that truck. And we drove another 30 minutes back just to give Snoop Dogg one burger. Wow. One burger. Do you understand what I'm saying? And do you know ever since he ate that one burger, obviously we were already popping. People were already talking about us. But it put us into a different atmosphere Mm -hmm. because now they're like, all right, Snoop is eating it? We want some too. And then every single person started eating it. Every celebrity that you can think of started eating Slutty Vegan and naturally endorsing a brand. We ain't never had to pay nobody to say the Slutty Vegan was good. And at that moment, I'm like, all right, we got something good here. Yeah. This is more than just burgers, pies, yeah, you and got fries. black people eating vegan This food. is a like, cultural yeah, yeah, movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talking yeah. about a cultural movement where people are proud, they're excited to see a brand grow? Like, what? think about when was the last time we really got excited to see a brand grow yeah. to make it feel feel like it was yours. The only two brands, in my opinion, that I feel like has done that universally, historically, was Pepsi and Coca-Cola because they didn't sell products. They sold experiences. So I did the same thing with Slutty Vegan. And for the last almost five years, we've done so much because of that cultural movement. We are just as important as the politics in the movement. And it ain't just about reimagining food. It's reimagining family, reimagining community. It's reimagining dreams and all the things that you think about and really helping people universally, not just black people, right? It starts there, yeah, sure. but universally making sure that everybody wins, like that's bigger than business. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been able to do the last five years. And when I tell you it, it saved my life for so many reasons. It got me to realize the dream of the little girl that was on Sedonia Avenue trying to figure it out and what I'm going to be when I grow up. It also gave me the opportunity to meet the man that I'm about to spend the rest of my life with. And now I'm a mother and I didn't even think that I could have kids. So when we talk about slutty vegan, yeah, we ride, ride with you and we scream with you and we selling burgers, pies and fries. But that's the vessel for all of the bigger things that have come out of this beautiful business. And I'm just happy to be at the driver's seat. Yeah, I love that. I want to talk about all the beautiful things that have come out of the business but first why did you call it slutty vegan because I worked at the Maury show and (laughs) (laughs) um I just always been very rogue like I'm the person that's going against the grain and I like to believe that I have this level of creativity that the average person don't have right I'm a thinker like somebody is thinking about something I'm gonna think about it 10 more minutes longer than you Mm -hmm. like I'm just always thinking always researching like I have a drive and a hunger for it so when you think about the psychology of veganism right historically well, in the last 
two decades, right? We know of it to be like a rich, wealthy lifestyle, right? And people in urban communities really never had access to healthier options, right? Um, And I'm like, okay, when we think about vegan, it sounds green. It sounds like it's not going to have a lot of seasoning in it. It sounds like, "Mm, I don't really like this. Like, it sounds like avocado, right? And I love avocado, by the way. But, um, But what I knew that I could do is I can create something that's going to require people to get drawn in. Mm. And if I can draw you in, then I got your attention. Mm. And if I got your attention, I can positively manipulate the system Mm. and educate you on what it means to be vegan. And I'm not even selling veganism. Mm -hmm. If you notice, I don't post burgers and fries on my page. It's rare that I do that. What I'm offering is an experience and a story. And when you tap into the experience and the story, you're going to love the story so much that you like, it don't even matter if the burger was nasty. I want it. But then it's a pleasant surprise because you realize, you realize that this is actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I can actually go vegan. Even if I go vegan on the weekends, I can do that. And I'm going to go to these other restaurants and try veganism. And that tells me that the mission has been met. And we're very intentional about it. And we have been doing it for the last five years. And when I say like, it's one thing to have a business and okay, I got a business, but I really love my business. Like I take pride in you my business. Yeah, I take yeah, it yeah. personal <laughs> when people have a bad experience at my business because that level of ecosystem and community and cultural culture that we get to build is something that you ain't really ever seen before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's get to the vessel. So very exciting pieces. The vessel leads you guys together. How do you two meet? <laughs> so we met on blackpeoplemeet.com. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. She slid in my DM. Uh, yeah, I slid yeah, in his DMs. I'll tell the DMs. truth on this. Okay. Um, but, but it was an intentional slide, okay? okay. Um, and that intentional slide was um, the George Floyd riots were happening. And um, somebody busted the windows out of his restaurant. Yeah. And he had a, a couple people like donate to what he had going on. I think you had like what two? Yeah, it was a uh, rest schoolboy Q. Um, mm. And then I wound up uh, helping the community because they bust all of, you know the, the business around. They bust the windows out, try to get them back open. Yeah. So it, in the midst of all of that happening. I sent him a message and I said, prior to my those same best friends, that's what I'm telling you, it's good to have friends people. or good people around you. Those same two best friends, Sierra and Crystal, they told me, they said, you seem like you would be nice with him. Like he, he he's uh, on fire at his restaurant. You on fire with yours. Y'all be a crazy power couple. And I'm like, I'm not talking to nobody to eat me. No can do. I don't want it. I don't care. And then um, I, I noticed that his windows got busted out. So I sent him a DM and say, hey, you know, I'm sorry what happened to you. But if there's anything that I could do to support you, please let me know. And then obviously, you know, man, he didn't want no help. Uh, I said, I'm cool. He was like, What'd I'm you cool. Say? I said, I'm cool. Yeah. He ain't want no help. But then we started talking and and. and engaging in a healthy conversation, sure, just sure, friendly sure. conversation. Um, and that led to us having lunch at um, one of my favorite vegan restaurants outside of Slade. Yeah, she got in a vegan? She introduced me to the vegan. So I brought him okay. to a vegan restaurant for the first time. He ain't never eat vegan. <laughs> um, and we, we sat at this restaurant and it wasn't like a love at first sight. It was friendship at first sight. And I don't know if you've ever felt that before, but I'm like, I don't know in what capacity this person is going to be in my life, but, but I know he's supposed to be in my life. And ever since that moment, we've been inseparable on the friendship side. And then when it transferred into a relationship, I'm with this man every day, all day. Like this is my best friend, mm-hmm. right? And he's my best friend for so many reasons. One, because we understand each other's language. We're both in the restaurant industry. Although we have two dietary lifestyle choices, yeah. different, <laughs> right? We we understand business. We understand customers. We understand growing and scaling. We understand the ebbs and flows that come with that. So now we can identify with each other and that's more conversation. So he ain't never got to be like, you need to cut it off. Or I don't ever have to be like, are you working too hard? Because we have a passion and a drive for this. So it brought us together even more. Um, And then he's just literally like, that's my road dog. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it is my road dog in every sense of the word. We just got a real ass relationship. It's real. And and the beautiful part about this is we're both 35 years old, right? So I didn't grow up seeing examples of a lot of people married. So like getting married wasn't something that I desired. I'm going to be honest. And I mean, you can call it what you want, generational trauma, just your environment, what you've seen around you. All I saw is people working really hard to get the things that they want and not begging anybody for anything. Right. So I aspire to work really hard, get the things that I want and not to beg nobody, and, and not to beg nobody for anything. So meeting him and now we're about to get married, although it's something very new. I'm like, thank you, God. I never in my life thought that I was about to be somebody's wife. I know that I'm capable of it, but 
that's not the example that I saw, but now I get to do life with him and be a mother and we can build an empire together. Like that's sexy. Mm -hmm. That's really sexy. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it ain't, it yeah. ain't like it is sexy. It, it ain't like a you know how like wow. when you you're in a relationship and you worried about what the person think because you just locked in. Yeah. Now we both be locked in. Yeah. Like the we locked in. Of me. <laughs> like literally, we be locked in. Like we 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 got business ideas all day. We like to travel. We do real estate together. Um, all of our decisions that we make are together. So it's like it's a union. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad that. that we got this opportunity to be together. I love that. The Bible, and I know we don't have to be super spiritual, but the Bible talks about not being unequally yoked. And I think like if you were to translate that language into today's language, it's like you got to be with someone who's moving on the same frequency, right? And it just feels like y'all frequency is the yeah, same at every single off, level, gonna, right? It's going to drain you. Like right now, her energy, right? So like my whole thing is like being around her, like it, it's a motivation because even when I don't feel like doing something, I'm like, come on, let's yeah. get it. What's up? What's or doing? you know what I'm saying? Or 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 vice versa. Like we we got this thing where we be like like turn that shit up. Like like what you doing? And we already be having like a thousand things going on. But that's that's how we built. And I think that's the that's the like the the real sexy side of the whole thing is that it ain't cap. Like you can't cap this lifestyle. Like we got too much shit going on. Too many responsibilities. Like. Just between us, we got 100 employees. So it's just like, you know, those things is responsibility. Um, everybody that's around us, like, you got people from the outside world looking at you and wanting to be like you because you motivate them. So we like to give it authentic and real. Like, yeah, some days, you know, we might be a little irritated with each other or whatever, but we get over it and we get that shit done and we keep it moving. You know, people tell us, like, when they get around us, they be like, y'all asses is crazy because this is us <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah, right, right. They be like, y'all different. Y'all are different. But it's a good difference, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's my person. I love him. I love it. Okay, so you guys have... Um, so the vessel has given birth to this incredible relationship and partnership. It has also given birth to the expansion of your empire. Talk to me about the expansion of the work and the things that you guys are doing. Um, well, for me on the Big Dave side, you know, coming out of a gas station to going downtown to having a landmark location to going back to the environment that I left and building another location nice. and to have two under construction right now and I'm about to leave the state to go to Charlotte is a blessing because, again, I'm somebody that was just in a lower income community. Whatever environment that I had to be, I had to be to survive. And now I'm inspiring the world through entrepreneurship, which they say can't be done if you didn't learn it through the book. I learned it through mistakes of lessons, mistakes of losing my money, mistakes of not wanting to disappoint other people. And now I'm doing it for not disappointing myself. And that allowed me to now meet my person on the other side. And now, you know, we partner in with Bar Vegan, the real estate. We got 20 properties, like we 35 years old, 20 properties. That's that's unheard of. Amazing. So there's a lot of things that's going on in my life right now that I thank God for it. But I also thank myself because I never gave up. Yeah. Even when I was rock bottom, didn't know how I was going to feed myself or get to the next day. My hope was my bank account. My dreams was my deposit. And now my life is now receiving the benefits. And I see it every single day. And I just want other people to get inspired through that. And not to mention, I come from the city of cheesesteaks. And I'm ranked top 10 in the world in cheesesteaks. It's literally people come to Atlanta to eat my food. And now I became, I guess, the cheesesteak champion or however you want to call it. But yeah, the, the king or whatever, how you want to call it. But you never know what your journey going to be through God, the way he leads you, because I thought my life was going to go a whole another way in sports. And now I'm giving a message to people every day. And that was something that I didn't even like doing. Like I tried college. I even felt public speaking. And now I'm speaking every day. I had a pastor tell me my basketball career wasn't going to work. He said, you was going to be a pastor. I said, I'm not going to be a pastor. He said, yes, you is. And now right now I'm a pastor. I don't stand on the pulpit, but I'm going I'm to spread the message every single day to the youth, to the OGs, to the aunties, to the uncles, to the grandfathers. Don't matter. Whoever going to listen, I'm going to talk because 
That's who God put me as, and that's the vessel I am, and I'm going to keep leading with that pack. And we're about to build something the world has never seen. Yeah, amen. I always tell people, like, the church is my world. Like, the yeah. world is my church, right? I don't have to go to a building. All right, anything else on the expansion side he left out? Oh, I did leave out. And, um, <laughs> oh, I did leave out. I got uh, three locations in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Okay, and okay, nice. That was uh, that was major because, again, having the opportunity just going to the uh, Falcons training camp, you know, giving them food to being offered two locations in the stadium until my second month getting the third one. So now on every level in the stadium, I have a location. And right now I'm in the talks with multiple other stadiums right now about going in the stadium. So... I got a lot of good things going on. I got a big Dave seasoning that's coming out. It's already in my, my restaurants. It's an all-purpose seasoning. It's fire. So when you watch this, make sure y'all go, go cop up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got to do a little promoting. Yeah, of course. Um, and then on the other side of it, um, I got a book that's coming, um, 2024, um, The Underdog Must Win. And for so many reasons, The Underdog Must Win stands for me because I always felt like I had to win, and I always felt like an underdog, but the underdog is the reason why I won, because it kept me going. Yeah. Sometimes when you think you're here, yeah. you'll get laxed, and you'll be down here, and now somebody else then went here, and you're trying to figure out how you get there because you ain't working hard because you think you made it. Now I'm the underdog, yeah. and I must win. Yeah. And this book on motivate people who got sidetracked in life, who had a baby earlier, who maybe got sidetracked on their dream, but they're going to read this book and get back to the shit that they had that motivated them, who, who they couldn't sleep at night and wake up in the morning and thinking about this thing they want out of life. So that's what I got in the works. And then we got a lot of things coming too. I love it. Anything so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because I be laughing. I'm like, I got to like check my schedule to use the bathroom these days. Uh, but, but it's all really good stuff. Like we're opening new locations. We got TV opportunities coming. We got really good brand partnership deals. Um, and you know, what's happening now is there's an evolution within how we build our individual brands, like the Pinky Cole brand and the Derrick Hayes brand, just outside of the businesses. So while we're growing these empires here, we also are becoming these public figures that people are now knowing and loving the genius behind what we've created. Yeah. Um, and that is also a new world that we're tapping into. Um, and I'm excited about it. Like if you would have told me five years ago that it would be all this, that we would be in spaces like this, having these kind of conversations, I would have laughed, not because I didn't believe in myself, but because I'm like, like, damn, like you can see that far. Right, right, right. But when when I look at the full circle, literally that little girl, all of her dreams have come true. Mm -hmm. So in the next five years, I know I said a couple of things, but I'm sure it's going to be like times 20 of that. And I'm just excited to be along the ride. Um, and I know that the future is going to be really bright, not just for Slutty Vegan, but for Big Dave's and all the things that we got going on together. Yeah, I love it. I'm gonna let you guys get out of here. But first, I just want to give you your flowers. Like, um, first and foremost, King Queen, thank you for being here. Um, but second of all, just thank you for being you and who you are and what you represent, who you represent to the culture, what you're doing as black entrepreneurs, what you're doing for the black communities and communities outside of the black community. Just grateful um, for everything that you represent and everything that you stand for. Thank you for Can making you your way to the black community. Yeah, I'm about to say, <laughs> like, like, even like creating this platform yes. to have these kind of spaces, like this is also important and necessary. I, I, I want to say this last thing. Do you know the reason why I went to CAU is because Ludacris went to Clark Atlanta and surprised the students. Mm -hmm. And just because of that image, I'm like, I'm going to Clark Atlanta University. So somebody is going to watch this and want to be great because they saw you. So I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Congratulations to everything you got going on. Like me, you had that conversation in Orlando and um, I'm just saying here, like, again, this is another brother that's on another level in life that you in the room with, that you can now connect with, that y'all could build together, how we could change the ecosystem. All these things matter when you got these type of opportunities in the environments that we provide. And so congratulations to everything you got, bro. I appreciate it. Y'all don't know, but we did the meeting before the meeting. So there's more work to come from us, more, <laughs> right? Yeah. That, I'm excited, that I'm excited about but for today. Thank you, Pinky Derek. Appreciate you, fam. Already. Love. Look, we just finished an incredible conversation with Pinky Cole and Derek Hayes. I'm so excited that they were here and they dropped so many gems, but three of the things that come to mind for me, um, first and foremost, Pinky talked about identifying her gift at an early age, knowing that gift. I would say like with a gift you have like, it's like superheroes. You have to be able to know your gift, name that gift so that you can use that gift. 
And she was able to do all of those things at a very young age and then leaned into that gift. Every job, every role, everything she did um, had to jump off of or springboard off of that gift. And I think that's such an incredible takeaway. All too often we leave our gifts to the side and we want to go learn and do something new, build new skills, build new capabilities, um, which I think is good. But this idea of like knowing your gifts, leaning into your gifts and letting that guide the work you take, the roles you go after, etc. I think is an incredible takeaway. Two, in both of their stories, um, you just hear this like, this notion of like folks who just wouldn't quit. Like when you look at Derek's background, it's like it's loss after loss after loss. It's, it's jail, it's down to my last penny. It's like all these obstacles that came against him and he just refused to quit. You know, with Pinky, you have um, the same thing. You're talking about someone who um, lost a restaurant to a fire. You're talking about someone who was fired from her roles. You're talking about someone who, you know, moved herself to go become a teacher and then realized quickly this wasn't for, like, again, obstacle after obstacle, things just not going their way. And just this incredible resilience and fight to keep going for ultimately the purpose that they believed in. And so I thought that was beautiful. And then last but not least, number three, um, they both talked about the importance of people. And usually when we talk about people, we talk about relationships. So a lot of the guests, it's about, um, I wouldn't have been able to get this role or this job without this person helping to connect me. Um, theirs was very different. With Derek, you hear him talk about the power of his father in his life, his grandfather in his life, his aunts in his life, and how they kept steering him um, in the appropriate direction. With Pinky, you hear her talk about her two friends who were like her amen corner and her cheerleaders who kept pushing her saying, yes, go get that idea. And then in the two of them, you see relationship, an incredible relationship that is not only formed an incredible partnership from um, a romantic level, but one that is forming an incredible partnership where the two of them are building this incredible media, or not media, just empire together. And so we learn about the power of people and having the right people in our lives and how they can propel us forward um, towards our destination. So anyways, fantastic conversation, super dope. I'm sure y'all pulled out more. Let me know what I missed. Uh, catch y'all next time. This is The Black Print. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. 
The Amex Business Gold Card. Now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.